to this week's Step in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parks and we're here talking all things so for Red Devil. Join me on the show this week as ever we've got Paul Whiteside, right Paul? Yeah, right, mate. How's your week been, mate? Yeah, good mate, good mate. Uh, exciting with a cup dry yesterday. It was a taste of health tea time yesterday. I had me on my couch, but could have been worse, couldn't it? The draw, so I'm pleased with that. And uh, a good result on the, the weekend here tomorrow. Cool, also joining us on the show, we've got Cy Indo, right Cy? How you doing, guys? You okay? Cool. Looking forward to me coming back on the podcast, talking all things off Red Devils. Yeah, yeah, been a few weeks off, but I've uh, been looking forward to it since you uh, gave me the call the other day. So yeah, uh, just enjoy it. Cool. What have we on the show this week, Paul? We've got the news. We've got a review of the Toronto victory. We've got the amateur report, and we've got a preview of this week's up and coming game against Witness in Super League. Cool. So what we'll do, we'll uh, we'll start with the news coming out of the South Red Devils this week. So here we are, all the news coming out of South Red Devils, only one place to start, obviously on this podcast all we do, we talk about fact, and we don't really do rumour or hearsay, so here are the facts regarding the Justin Carney case so far, Justin Carney was sent off for dissent on Sunday against Toronto, the RFL have charged him with the grade F verbal abuse based on race and colour, the, cl- the club are conducting internal investigation, there was a tribunal due to take place yesterday but the Salford have requested an adjournment until next week, the player will not play until the operational rules tribunal has heard the case, so that's all the facts, everything else is just spin really um, we don't really want to talk about the incident but for me Paul I think it's a massive uh, thing that how the team kind of react to this uh, what's going on because obviously over the last few seasons we've had big news stories occur um, and you know our scene has kind of gone off the bottle hasn't it yeah it certainly has and um, you know it's going to be hard for Justin Kearney as well I mean just going back to Justin Kearney as a person do you think what he must be going through at the moment you know, with all this hanging over his head so uh, you know he's got a young family there as well and he's probably very stressful for him and that so um, I hope it gets sorted and like you said Rob we're not going to like go into stuff we're just going to deal with the facts and that so uh, I hope it's all sorted and you know, Justin clears his name and whatever because I don't think he's uh, he's that sort of person but obviously that'll all come out and uh, I just want it to all get sorted what well, we don't want you to derail the season now do we like you know last season with the, uh, the points deduction and things like that so we've got to make sure we clear our name sort everything out and, uh, and move on from it yeah obviously uh, Si previously you know we had the Rangi Chase uh, eight game ban uh, we had the six points uh, deduction um, as well you know obviously we've, we've, we've obviously with the season after them incidents kind of like you know wobbled a bit didn't we how do you, how do you think we're going to have to deal with that what do you think we've learned hopefully that you know we can move on um, and obviously continue our good start to the season in a way well let's have it right I mean it's happened to us two seasons on the run now where something's happened that kind of derailed us so we should be in, in the best possible uh, position to try and deal with it. Um, the, the good thing that I noticed, obviously, about weekend was we went down to the, the 12 men and it didn't seem to affect the team. Whereas in you know in the past it maybe would have kind of put us off our game. Um, so that's kind of a, a positive factor. It's just like like you say, we hope can we can like kick on from it um, and kind of play up, get back to playing our rugby and let, let kind of that side deal with itself. The, I mean, the big thing for me was uh, on, on the actual day. There didn't seem to be any kind of um, shock around the, when it's supposed to have happened, so I just can't see how it's, uh, how it's happened, and, and only one person's kind of urged something if that's possible. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So I, I think I think we can just kind of kick on. I think the team's shown from, especially from last year, the events of last year, of you know the drama of a million pound game and stuff. So we can all we can all club together, we can all knit in, and we've got a tight group, so we should stand us in good stead. I suppose his absence, Paul, gives opportunity for someone else to come in and, and take his shirt. Obviously, he is, he is a big player, but obviously with Rangi Chase, with it, with his band, he was like a main player for us at the time, weren't he? So, you know, it's not, not the same kind of thing, really, is it? No, well, that's what you've got a squad for, Rob, I mean, if, if Justin kind of got injured, you have to look at bringing somebody in and, 
you know, young Jake Bibby, what a great opportunity it is for him. And we're probably going to talk about his new contract, but if he could celebrate that with an appearance on, on Sunday. And uh, you've also got Niall Evans there. I don't know what the situation is with Niall. I'm sure he'd be itching to get back into the side. So there are sometimes things like this can open doors for other people, can't it? So um, I'm sure Ian Watson will have in, in mind who he's going to um, play in Justin's uh, place on Sunday. Yeah, so obviously, other news going on in the club. Better news, good news. Uh, Jake Bibby uh, signed a two-year contract. Paul, obviously, like you said, with Justin Carvey's absence, opportunity for him to get in the team and make a big impression. Yeah, certainly he's a good young player, uh, Jake Bibby. I know he's been a bit limited recently with uh, you know the form of Justin Carney and you know, Greg Johnson's played really well in the last last sort of six or seven matches and, and done well. I think he's been ever present this season, Greg. I think he's played in every game, so um, he's, he's found it hard to get into the side. But um, he's a good young player and he's been rewarded there for his good form and his good pre-season. He had, he had a good pre-season in the friendly, so uh, I'm very pleased for, for young Jake. Yeah, he's come through our sort of a youth policy uh, side. You know, it's a good sign, obviously, the club have backed him in this situation uh, to, to go to the next level and, you know, start playing as a big player in Super League. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. I mean, I know he played a few games last year, and um, you know, he, he seemed to be doing, he seemed to be doing okay last year. And until we, we played the Leeds game, and obviously going to a big Leeds crowd, like and over on anyone. But this, this year, when he has played, uh, he's, he's made like really solid performances this year. He's, he's carried the ball well. Uh, he doesn't seem to have done anything wrong um, in the games. He, you know, his defence has been has been good as well. So, and like I say, he can only stand us in good stead. We've got a few players there now. We've done that. That kind of the cusp of the uh, of the squad now who's come through our what was our youth team so it's um, it's, it's good to see yeah another player celebrating a new contract Josh Wood uh, Paul you know young hooker playing well uh, at the moment it's, you know he's much deserved that contract I think for him yeah certainly is yeah Josh is another one he's played a bit last season I think he played the season before he's just sort of coming through the season before wasn't he? so he's been around a couple of seasons now on the fringes of the squad and uh, you know he's, he's never disappointed when he's been on he's, he's worked on things in his game and you can see the improvements that he's made and uh, you know he, he definitely fits into to me and Watson's plans because you know he called upon him on, on Sunday with Logan Tompkins being out injured you know to, to help Chris Bryan you know, out in the squad so yeah very pleased for, for Josh and he's another one he's come through the system and uh, he's good to see there's a lot of competition in that hooking role um, with Brian in and Logan Tompkins side and he, he's obviously one of the three that are mixing up for that one position but obviously signing a two year contract Ian Watson has a one eye on the future for him of course yeah, yeah he's at a good age as well at the minute he seems to be breaking through at a decent age um, you know he's, he's challenging the two guys really for, for that position but I think what it is as well with with, uh, with Josh Wood you, you've got the versatility of him as well because he can play him into the halfbacks as well so I think that's kind of an attractive thing for obviously for the club that we've got somebody who can play in them different positions and obviously use him when we need him to so I hope he does push on and I hope he does challenge the two lads um, you know and get, like I say getting the nod on Sunday must have been a big boost for him as well yeah third player uh, to announce uh, a new contract with Lee Mossop today Paul uh, he's been really big influence on that pack since his arrival from Wigan and uh, you know we're happy with him tying him down for a three year contract yeah, we certainly are. I think Lee Mossop was only on a one-year deal, I think, wasn't he? So, uh, you know, the form that he showed this season, he's, he's been a great sign, hasn't he? Because we were a bit uh, sceptical at first about, about Lee with the injuries that he's had, but he's uh, yeah, he's looked he's looked spot on this season, really solid, and uh, he's looked one of the one of the really good signings. And you, you tend to think, why was he let go from from Wigan last season? So, uh, so he's doing really well, and I'm really pleased because. Uh, He's, a, he's been a top player this season for Lee Mossop. Yeah, he's a big unit, side. He works hard. He's, he's kind of a you know really integral part of our pack, and I'm delighted to me that we've signed him up for three years. Yeah, yeah, you've got such a big lad there who's putting in uh, the minutes and the, the effort that he puts in. So it's going to be a massive plus for your side. Uh, and again, in that squad rotation as well, I think he got a week off the other week uh, when we played Catalans and you could tell that because his presence wasn't there where he'll come in and do, you know, do his minutes and, you know, taking the ball in and putting the hard work in. And not only that, I think you could see that come in, that, that contract with uh, with what um, Ian Watson's been saying recently about, you know, he's, he's been one of the standout kind of props in the game and, you know, it was, it might, it was, I reckon he was unlucky for an England card up, to be honest. Um, but there you go, it's just, uh, you could see it coming off a mile, I think, from what, uh, what I've been saying. Yeah, obviously, you know, Paul, that the, the squad is coming together for next year. You know, we've signed a few players, haven't we, over the last couple of weeks? I'm sure Ian Bleasing and Watson will be just ticking them off the list as they go. 
I say this continuity as well, Robin. We spoke about the other week, didn't we, about like, the million pound game and you know the back end of last season. And a lot of the players are the same, aren't they? We've not had like a massive overall of players. I mean, in the close season, I think we signed four four players, weren't it? Then Todd Kearney was the fifth one. So you know, a lot of them lads have played together, haven't they? You know, for the best part of two years now, haven't they? So uh, we, we have. We've got the makers of a good side. We, we've we've got a lot of uh, players in there who are willing to, to do the minutes and, and graft and do, do the hard work and you know guys like Mark Flanagan Craig Copjack they're real grafters aren't they and players that you can rely on week in week out so uh, so yeah they can only be good that we're signing them all upon long term contract yeah another bit of big news to, uh, this week Challenge Cup draw uh, Salford were drawn at home to Hulkington Rovers side uh, it's going to be a big game that isn't it you don't realise how happy I was to see that come out. <laughs> it was, uh, it was one. Of the, it's the only draw I think that I was really, really, really wanting to come out for that Challenge Cup um, for the next round. I mean, the good thing is, I mean, it, it, I've seen all the OKR fans on Twitter saying they want revenge and it's payback and, and whatnot. But it's just spices it up a bit, on it. It's going to be a, it's going to be a good game. I mean, the only thing we've got to think about is, you know, we're the Super League club. We're established at the minute. We're in fifth. Um, there's no need to be get dragged into any kind of fun and games when when we're playing and if we play our rugby and play it as as simple as we have been playing I'm sure to God we should be able to get through to that next round if we take the emotion out of it Paul Championship Club at home that's a, that's a bingo draw for us isn't it yeah we still a wee old them one for uh 2011 I remember them coming to the Willows and beating us in the Challenge Cup I remember thinking that season how great would it be for us to get to, to Wembley in our final season at the Willows I remember them rolling up on a Friday night and beating us 25 nil in the Cup and uh, it was a freezing cold Friday night and I was gutted so uh, we all them on as well so uh, but yeah I don't think you can argue with that it's a home draw I mean all as you want and Ian Watson said it on, on Sunday you just want to make sure you're at home in the Cup don't we home advantage is massive I think in the Challenge Cup and um, you know we could have, we, it could have been worse we could have got Leeds we could have got St Helens we could have got Wigan we could have got a trip to Catalan so uh, I think an home side the Championship side at home we can't really argue with that yeah the Challenge Cup drawing full is Leeds v Barrow us v Hulkington Rovers Castle Tigers v St Helens Featherstone v Halifax Hull FC v Catalan Dragons Juju v Wakefield Swinton v Wigan and Warren and be witness side any uh, big ties stick out for you there well the two the two ties that you know they, they all super league ties really if you look at that two, two big clubs are going out of this competition you know in this round and that really really is uh, is encouraging for you know obviously you on the, on the road to Wembley two, two big sides go out I mean if, if Castleford or St Helens goes out one of them two you know that's a big side completely out of the way and I know Saints are not playing well this year but they're the kind of club that can go into a cup run and kind of rescue their season by having that decent cup run so you've got stuff like you know you've got Catalans and or Hull as well uh, any of them could go out in, in you know in this next round and to me that's an encouraging thing from our side of things but the other encouraging thing what I, I have got to say is the championship sides that are in there look pretty strong and they're playing good rugby and there's nothing but good things coming out uh, you know in, in the press about how well obviously you've, you've got like um, Lee have just been beat uh, off OKR they were going to be playing next you know played played really well against Lee you've got the likes of Halifax who have been making noises as well and then you've got, you've got our local rival Swinton there um, playing their arts out at Huddersfield and getting a, a, a nice easy tie in the next round against Wigan yeah I suppose uh, with, with Wigan going down to Swinton you know I suppose it's a jackpot for Swinton really because either they'll go and play it at, at home and it'll be a bit of a sellout uh, or they'll have to transfer it to Wigan and there'll be a big payday there as well but you know it's exciting times Paul I think looking at the uh, the cup draw like Sai said there's been a few uh, giant killings so far uh, hopefully uh, not not against us uh, the UKR no no it'll be a, a, a game, won't it? Like, like the Toronto game but um you know, Sai was talking to me off air before, you know, saying about you weren't watching the Lee play OKR and, and I've read about them in the Lee Express and followed them on the radio and this and they were seeing highlights of them and they look they look a real solid unit this season, don't they? And old uh, David Hodgson has been scoring tries on the wing for them as well, you know, the old uh, the old stage who played with us. So uh, you know, Tim Sheen's a you know, wise old coach as well and he he'll have them fired up for, for playing us and I'm sure it'll be a great day, great atmosphere and that but uh, I'm just glad we're at home. I think um, a trip to Craven Park up there at OKR that would have been a really tough day that wouldn't it and um, you know that makes all the difference it's a really tough place to go so uh, a home game I think you know I'd much rather play at the AJ Bell I suppose uh, we're all waiting weren't we Ty 
for the for the draw to take place. There was a bit of a technical issue with the uh, the R of uh, BBC website. Uh, everyone's hanging around for ten minutes. You know, a lot of people, you know, thinking conspiracy theories. You know, about cold balls and hot balls. It, it kind of adds to that, doesn't it? You know what I mean? Why can't they just get the the draw done? I don't understand why they've got to cock it up. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm sure it sent a few uh, a few different fans around the around the country in a bit of a spin. I know uh, Mr. Whiteside must have been uh, pacing around his house ready for the uh, <laughs> for the draw coming out. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, it adds to the uh, anticipation, really, doesn't it? It's, it's, it's always a a good thing when all the big boys come in from the from the previous year as well. Um, but like you say, and, and I'll echo what what Paul just said there. That draw for us at home is great, uh, but one thing I will say is, yeah, I did go down to the Wii game on um, on Saturday. Uh, okay, yeah, we're a very, very strong side. Um, whether it was a fact that they were strong or whether it was a fact that Lee let them be strong is obviously another story. But what I will say to them, and I know they get some sticks sometimes, but they took a massive following there and they were very, very loud. Um, they shut a lot of the Lee fans up. And I think we've got to get a big attendance there to, to really, really drown them out because otherwise they're going to come down here and have a pie. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure the club will be marketing the game, Paul. Obviously, OKR will bring up a, 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 you know a few coaches, load of fans, they'll all be buzzing, ready for you know for the big game. And you know that's what cup, cup rugby is all about. It's all about you know competing against the teams and you know creating a big atmosphere and hopefully winning. Yeah, it certainly is. I can't understand though. We are looking at the, the crowds and that uh, for, the, for the Challenge Cup this weekend. Just got, people don't seem to bother with it, do they? I'm on Leeds, I think, got 5,000. I know these other players, Doncaster, but they get like 15,000 for their own games, league games, and then the crowd 5,000 for, for a cup game. And, you know, our crowd, I think, was, what, 1,200 against Toronto. So I just hope people turn out because. You know, with it not being on the season, sometimes it puts people off, doesn't it? But, uh, you know, the, the Challenge Cup is a major competition, isn't it? And we've got a fantastic opportunity this, this time to, to do really well. And it's why I hope fans buy into it and, you know, get yourself down there. And it's not that expensive, is it, you know, to pay for the, for the ticket. So, uh, to get yourself there and watch it. Well, it's one of them, isn't it, Paul? A week before payday, you know, early in the year. Just had our, I just had our, our term. You know, money's not grown on trees, is it? You know what I mean? People have to pick and choose the game sometimes, don't they, I suppose? But like I say, it is a, you know, a, a prestige composition and obviously, you know, it should, must be a, it should be a deal with your team ticket, I think, for at least one, one Challenge Cup game, uh, just to get, you know, people interested. Okay, next bit of news we've got is the Sovereign Devils Foundation um, potentially will will be having a museum in Beulil Parkside. Uh, it's big news, it's good news, because um, obviously we've got a lot of heritage, haven't we? And uh, it'd be great to have it under one roof in Beulil. Of course it would be, yeah. And not only that, it gives uh, the local people like a, a bit of a, a bit of a point where they can go and have a look around, and you know, and, and you know, go down there. And everybody knows the building in, in Bulow Park, and you know, there's plenty of people who still walk around the park, whether it's taking the dogs for a walk, taking the children to the park, and stuff like that. So it just gives us an extra opportunity to put us out in the community. Uh, maybe some of the lapsed fans, you know, that maybe don't go anymore, and they, they want to have a look around, and you can see that obviously the Sofa Foundation there down there and stuff like that. It just gives us an extra an extra chance to keep on growing uh, the club on a whole, really. Yeah, obviously it's not just a museum. There's also training facilities for local people, Paul as well. You know, obviously helping the community, allowing people to you know train and you know get jobs in the end and have a, have good things happen. Yeah, definitely. Beulah Park's right near. It's the centre of the heartland of Salford, isn't it? Right near the, where the Willows was, and you know, like Sai said, there it, it could attract you know people who used to go, just get them to get the bug again and come back to to the AJ Bell because I, I, you know, people who went to the Willows I've not seen for you know, the new stadium, and I know people who don't go anymore, and it's just convincing them to, to come back, isn't it? So um, I think it's a it's a good thing, and it's a focal point, isn't it, as well, somewhere you know to bring people together and you know spread the spread the good work that the club are doing. So yeah, it's, it's like a great idea to me yeah I went to the event city me side when they had like a like a museum set up there and that was really impressive loads of sofa memorabilia and it kind of draws you in you know what I mean Obviously having a place to go uh, to, to see things like that. I know they have the, the second floor don't they in, in the stadium but you can't kind of access that and join the join the game like but um, you know I think it's great hopefully you know they'll have a similar set up uh, in Blue Hill. 
yeah, yeah. It's, like I say, it's just it's taking you bring that good feeling and that, that you know the, the good feel factor back to to, to Salford. You know, putting some of the old pictures up there and uh, and seeing some of the you know how it used to be at the Willows and stuff like that. It just brings that bit of a like um, it brings you closer to the club, really. And that, I think that's that's what since they moved, I think that's what a lot of fans are kind of missing. They think that they're kind of detached away from the club because it's you know it's a bit out of the way at the minute. When it, was, when it was the Willows, people was walking past the stadium day in day out, and they thought that you know it was it was that whole kind of thing. It was a lot closer and stuff like that. So I just think that you know by doing stuff like this, you can you can make the, the fans feel like they're closer to the club, closer to the players, closer to the foundation, and everything, and and hopefully, like you say, um, just uh, attract them to come back, back again. Yeah, so we'll look forward to positive news about that um, in the future. Uh, next bit of news, Club 1873 prices have been slashed, Paul. Uh, prices are now £30 for adults, £25 for students, £10 for juniors and £60 if you take your family. Uh, that's that's pretty good. You know, obviously, you know, it's a, it's a treat, in it? You can go up there and see players and things and, you know, it's great. Good prices as well now. Yeah, it certainly is, and it's a, it's a good view up there if you sit in that VIP section there, you know, where the club, 1873. You're right in the, the heart of the West Ham, right on the halfway line, you get a, I think you get a padded seat as well in there. <laughs> but yeah, it's good if you get to see the man of the match award, you know, the players come in after the, after the game as well. You know, Robert Paul's been up there in the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, it's good. It's a, it's a good atmosphere up there, so, and, and they're good prices, they're really fair prices. Yeah, I suppose it's a bit like the Willow side, obviously, you know, you get to see the players, you get your photos took with them. Um, you know, it's kind of a good price as well, and you know what I mean? If you want to kind of, like you say, recreate the old magic of the Willows, ideal opportunity now, getting there with them prices. Yeah, of course, yeah. And it just kind of echoes what we're saying uh, previously about the uh, about the building in Beulah. If you can feel like, you know, if you're up there and you, you feel like you're in the you're in that kind of like um, that club and that spirit and you can see the players coming in you feel a bit closer to them so it's, it's just bringing that, that uh, feel good fact so not only that it's something that's like especially for the kids as well it's, it's a bit of a special day you know seeing like their heroes come off the pitch and getting the man of the match and stuff like that and probably getting photos and stuff like that so it's it's a, it's a good experience all around So and that's the kind of thing that drags people in to want to come back again yeah it's both hospitality Paul you know it's a big earner for the club in it as well Obviously, 1873 clubs full to bursting. It's going to generate cash for them. Yeah, it certainly is, and I think you get like um, sponsors don't get involved and things like that. So yeah, it's great, and it's, I've been in there a couple of times. And it is, it's a good atmosphere and that. And you do bump into the odd ex-player in there as well. I've seen Steve Blakely in there and uh, Paul Forbes. I think he was in there. They were seen Andy Gregory. So it's good. It's a good atmosphere, and if you can, like we're saying about them prices, them prices are spot on to go in there, and you've got a cracking view as well. So uh, yeah. Yep, so if you're interested in that, ring the club on 0161 786 1570. Uh, next bit of news, uh, Cadiz Rhinos, is it Liam Byrne, has signed for Wigan, Paul? Uh, he's a young kid, local lad, getting his opportunity with Wigan. Yeah, I believe so, yeah. I was reading about that the other day. I think he's been on trial there at Wigan and played for the 19th. He's actually signed now for the for the club. I think it's a two-year deal. I think I'm not quite sure what it was now, but that's great news for us. You know, a local player playing for a local side. You know, Caddy's head, great club, bringing players through there, and uh, congratulations to them. Yeah, obviously, and, want, and Leo as well. Yeah, obviously, we want the local lads to sign for us as well, side. But it's it's a good, you know, opportunity for other lads who are in similar position to Liam to look round and say, well, you know, if he can make it at the top level, you know, I can try, and when we hopefully get into Salford, you never know. That's the big point, it really. You, you know, if you see one of the lads who's been picked up from a local club, all the other kids, and you know, who maybe not starting to play rugby yet or you know, something like that, they might look at that and think, oh, well, you know, we're, even from people like Caddy's Ed, you know, the local teams and stuff like that, are still being picked up by professional teams. So there's that big pull. And by getting that as well, you, 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 you generate like a, um, a more of a pull onto the actual rugby league itself as a game as a whole. So, and that's like you never see next uh, generation of uh, fans you know the young kids if they can see you know lads young lads being picked up from professional clubs it's obviously going to be a big pull to them as well yeah interesting, interesting times obviously the club are doing big things aren't they in the community Paul they're going into the local clubs and you know training the youngsters and it's good to see for me it's, you need to do that don't you to grow your support 
Yeah, of course you do. But like you were saying there about, I don't want to be negative, but just going back to Liam Burner, if we'd have had an under-19, perhaps he would have signed for us. But that's another story, isn't it? But I think that that's important. I think we're missing a trick at the moment with that. We need to get that back as soon as possible because, you know, local lads who are coming through, they're not going to you know, just jump straight from Caridon into Salford's first team. They need that stepping stone, don't they? They need, to, they need a reserve team. You need an under-19 team to nurture players and bring players through. So uh, hopefully that will come back soon. But the last few weeks has been great. You know, there's been players at Langwood, there's been players you know, from Salford's first team at Caddy's Ed Rhinos and that, that's brilliant to see because it's building that bond with, with Salford uh, Red Devils, with the local local sides and they've got them players to look up to and uh, you know, everyone's pulling in the right direction and that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, looking at the next bit of news, uh, Ian McKinder uh, completed a London Marathon last week. He did it in four hours, 45 minutes, Paul. Um, he had a bit of a dodgy hamstring at one point but he managed to get over the line. I believe so, yeah, I think he, he told me his hamstrings went up at about 15 miles, so what's a marathon? There's a marathon 26 miles, is it? Yeah. So you still had another, what, 10, 11 miles there to go, so I think he's done brilliantly well there, and he's done his, he's done it for the charity, the Parkinson's charity as well, so I think he's raised loads of money for them. I owe him a few bob as well, so uh, give me a shout on, on Sunday at the Witness game, and I'll, I'll sort it out, but congratulations, mate, you've done really well. Yeah, big thank, big well done to everyone on, uh, from everyone on the podcast, Ian. Uh, I said last week my dad did it in two and a half hours, I got it slightly wrong. He did it in three and a half, not two and a half. Um, he's not like Kipton Kipton, anyway. Size, he's not that quick. Uh, but you know, it's one of them things. You've got to be super fit, haven't you, to do a marathon? And uh, you know, Ian, you know, putting it all to shame there. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen to the time there. He's done it. In, was it? Um, was it? Four, was it four and a half hours or four? Four point five. And that's that's like you say, with a bit of a, an hamstring injury. I, to be honest, I don't think I could do twenty six mile in the car. So <laughs> he's done really, really well there. So it's a yeah, big uh, big applause for him there. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one, Ty. I couldn't do 26 miles in the car. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, final bit of news we've got um, is uh, Marwan uh, on the Judge Rinder show uh, on, was it yesterday, Paul? Um, him and his mate uh, Derek talking about uh, the Gareth Hock affair. Um, National Telly, good promotion for rugby league in the club. I don't like it, watch it Rob, <laughs> I haven't seen it, but uh, I was working yesterday and I, I forgot to, to tape it, to be honest with you, I wasn't that minded about it, but uh, but yeah, it's national telling, I'll have to, I'm being honest with you now guys, I don't even know who Judge Rinder is, so you'll have to, you'll have to, you you've watched it as well, and you know, um, what do you think, do you think it's a good idea, obviously, Paul isn't, isn't, you know, connected to it, he, he wasn't engaged with it, is it a good idea for, for Salford and the Rugby League uh, attorney to try and attract uh, people available on a Tuesday afternoon? Well, I just, I just, I watched it, I watched it last night, and to be quite honest, I thought it was quite funny. Um, it shows two down-to-earth owners of a club, I'm sorry, of, you know, Super League clubs, pretty much um, in, in in what they are, just having, you know, having a bit of a laugh and this, that and the other. I know a lot of people saying, oh, it's embarrassing, it's, you know, they didn't want this, it looked like they were taking it serious. I can tell you now, but it was, it was a bit of fun for them, definitely a bit of fun. And to be quite honest, you know, it puts people's faces out there. For someone who doesn't really know rugby league, who doesn't know the sport, doesn't really know much about Marlon Kukash, doesn't know much about David Bowman, uh, doesn't know much about the, you know, the rivalry between the two local clubs. I thought, oh, it was good. I thought it just kind of put rugby league out there again because they kept stating the two clubs who they were represented, uh, and obviously that they were rugby league clubs and they're in the Super League and, and such like that. So it come over pretty well in my eyes because I don't think Gareth Walk gets kind of marketed as well as he should do. Um, all right, whether it be a bit of tongue-in-cheek kind of banter on the TV or whatnot, but at least it's just getting um, getting the names out there, and, you know. And we actually we're getting our names right, you know. Salford Red Devils, and not not doing what Sky Sports do every now and then, and getting you know still giving us the, the City Reds kind of name. So it was um, it was a good laugh. It was a tongue-in-cheek, and after obviously speaking to to the pair of them uh, on a private note, they both had a bit of a laugh, and they both enjoyed it, and they had a bit of a giggle. So no harm. I think si, it's a good idea obviously you want to get a maximum exposure don't you to the game and, and for the clubs but for me it's like why why do, why do you go for a show that's on on Tuesday in the afternoon why, why why are we not going for like pointless one no it's any pointless like that TV show five o'clock people coming in from from the 
tea. You know what I mean? It, 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 is that the kind of it's the kind of audience I think we need to go for? Main, you know, the main peak hour kind of uh, kind of shows. Judge Rinder's a good show. I enjoyed it. To be fair, I thought it was a bit. It was more serious than I thought it was going to be. If that makes sense. Um, and I yeah. enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it. It was good that both like you know put the point across. Um, and obviously you know Derek won, uh, which Mawan didn't, didn't seem too happy about at the end of the, at the end of the show. Uh, but you know, like you said, they're both mates, aren't they? Uh, and I suppose like I said, a bit of tongue in cheek between them. Uh, but it's, for me, you know, it, it's it's good. He got his message out there. Got the, the club out there with a name, and you know, I suppose it's one of them. You know, we'll see what happens. We'll see if we can do it again, especially maybe another show uh, with more of an audience that would be more entitled to come and watch Salford and rugby league. Yeah. So yeah, so I enjoyed that. That was good. Uh, good show. Uh, so what we'll do now, we'll uh, we'll talk about the game uh, against Toronto on Sunday. Devil in the Detail and this is your Big Match Review. So, Salford Red Devils victorious on Sunday in their march towards the Challenge Cup beating Toronto 29 points to 22, Paul. A great, great win. It was, it wasn't, it was, a, it was a gritty win, Rob, wasn't it? I mean, going down to 12 men there with Justin Carney being sent off, I, mean, I know he was leading at half time, but he was all, you always felt it was going to be an uphill battle in the second half with, with, with 12 men, but I thought he galvanised us, and we played that second half, you know, really well, didn't we? And we stopped them playing and defended, you know, like Trojans, didn't we, in that second half, we spot on defence until the last minute, so um, it was a very pleasing victory, I mean, I know it was against a League One side, but Toronto or anything but a League One side with the, with the players they've got and the way they played the game, I thought they, you know, they've got some clever players, haven't they, and, and they mixed it as well, as we'll probably talk about after they roughed us up a bit, didn't they? Yeah, obviously, you know, the Challenge Cup, it's all about setting setting yourself up against uh, other teams, and, you know, Toronto had a good side they're only a you know a, a league two side but you know in reality they're not they're more like a uh, maybe a championship side slash super league side i think yeah definitely i think that i think um, i'd put them on a par definitely like the likes of toronto featherstone or kingston role was in, in the championship i think they'd, they'd give those sides a, a good run for the money um, and maybe even the lower ends of the super league so uh, so yeah they, they're no mugs they've got some clever players uh, playing for them yeah and obviously ian watson picked a good picked a side full of quality and didn't underestimate him did he paul he certainly did, yeah. The Red Devils lined up with Garth O'Brien, Greg Johnson, Josh Jones, Chris Wellham, Justin Carney, Robert Louis, Michael Dobbs with a half-back, Lee Mossop, Josh Wood, Lyle Tazzy with a front row, and the back row of George Griffin, Ben murdoch Masilla, and Mark Flanagan loose forward. The subs to Salford were all used, and it was Chris Bryan, who was not in the original 19-man squad. He came in, uh, Craig Copjack, Colsey Prasnicki, and Adam Wall. Yeah, it was good to see Chris signing back in action. Uh, Paul, he's been missing the last few weeks, but, you know, played well, I thought. Yeah, he certainly was, yeah, and you know, he's been a bit of a worry, and he had to see a specialist, I think it was on the Wednesday uh, the other week, and after his, his head, head problems, I think it was the St. Helens game, wasn't it, when he got a, a bad knock, so uh, it's good to see him back in the side, and yeah, um, especially with Logan Tompkins being out, you know, Chris Bryan really speeded things up, and Josh Wood, I thought, played well as well at Hooker, so uh, it was good to see Chris back in the side. Yeah, so Salford opened the scoring, uh, a try by Chris Wellen, kick by Dobbo into the corner, good start for Salford. It certainly was, yeah. I thought Chris Wellen was out, outstanding uh, on, on Sunday. He, you know, he looked really good the last few weeks, and as we'll talk about, his wonderful offload in the second half a bit later on. But yeah, it was a, a well finished try that he's got a bit of, bit of pace, Chris Wellen, and uh, he really has settled in. I've been very, very impressed with Chris this season. Yeah, Toronto though under Paul Rowley, you know, showed they, they've got some good quality. Uh, a try by Kay, uh, cut out ball for by by Toronto finding space for him to go over in the corner, and it was uh, back to level pegging again. Yeah, it's certainly was. They've got a bit of pace um, out wide, definitely. Toronto Wolfpack, you know, we've got quite a lot of ex-league players in the side there. You know, I think there's nine ex-league players in that team. And we know the way Paul Rowley liked to play when he was he was at league. He was all about moving the ball out wide really quick early in the tackle count. And, you know, with the guys like Liam Kay, Greg Worthington, Craig Hall, they, they certainly did that. And uh, Liam Kay scored a, a good try there. Yeah, Toronto obviously full of confidence, throwing the ball about, Paul. Uh, QLT uh, finding a bit of space to go under under the post. And at that point, I'm thinking here we go I can't believe this this could be a, a bit of a sticky wicket for us today 
Yeah, it was back to back tries that one, you know, the next set of six days they went down the other end and cut us to pieces again, didn't they? Uh, like QLT, Quentin, Lala, Tonga guys we'll call him. <laughs> He's he impressed a few years ago. I think he played against us for Sheffield Eagles when they played against us in the mid lates. And uh, I remember him having a good game that night, you know, he's a clever player and he's got plenty of pace, good step as well. And um, you know, I, I was uh, again a bit worried there because they cut us to pieces twice in the space of two minutes. Yeah, and obviously Sulfur didn't seem phased by that. They came back with a try from Johnson, a kind of interception uh, attempt by Toronto. Sulfur recycled the ball well, and Johnson found his way over in the corner. Just what we needed after that. Yeah, certainly was, and he? he's done well this season, Greg Johnson. He's, he's weighing him with a few tries now. And as I was saying before, he's been ever present this season. He's played every game up to now, and uh, you know he's he's on form, and uh, it was a good try that. Yeah, a bit of a seesaw battle. Uh, Toronto hit back with a try from uh, Braley, uh, cutting through, showing his quality, showing he's come from the Super League. Uh, you know, and obviously at that point, 16-12, Paul. Uh, you know, we we were thinking, here we go. Brian Bradley making his debut. Uh, I wasn't sure whether he'd make his debut. You know, I've been only just signed in the week. I didn't think he'd have known any of any of uh, Toronto's moves, and especially with the, the form they've been under. I think it was uh, strange that they uh, they dropped him. Um, I think it's Reese Jacks, their number seven. They dropped him to the bench and, and put Ryan uh, Bradley in there. But but yeah, they got their back in the lead there, and uh, obviously then we uh, with the Carney incident, we were back against the wall. Yeah, Carney was sent off. We were trailing. Uh, but I think it showed great, uh, you know, spirit by the by the boys to, to hang in there. Uh, Johnson scored, uh, kind of a floated pass by Robert Louis, sends puts him over in the corner, and that's what we needed. We needed uh, a bit of calm, a bit of uh, you know, dealing with the pressure, uh, and Johnson going over, you know, was a bit of a fuser for me. Yeah, it was a crucial try. You know, five minutes before half time, I, I think that try was a massive. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? A psychological boost for, for the Salford players. Really, you know, trailing there, we needed that. Craig Johnson comes up with it. You, you go into half time. You know, we all right. You've got the 12 men, but you went into half time leading 18-16. And I think that was a really big, uh, a big lift for us. And then, obviously, coming out the second half and getting the first try of the second half to extend that lead. Uh, you know, two tries on either side of half time probably, probably uh, swung that game in our favour. Yeah. So I try just after half time. Dobbo after an offload from Wellen, uh, he goes over. Like we said, try just before, just after. You know, it turns games, doesn't it? Moments like that. Yeah, and it was it was great awareness from Chris Wellen that because he knew Michael Dobson was there. You know, he threw that ball over his head, did a great great pass out. You know, uh, people can say that so he chucked that ball anywhere, but he didn't. He knew uh, Michael Dobson was there, and you know the gap was there for Dobson. He heard it, and yeah, crucial try you know before our time and just after, and that game was uh, it was a decent lead there, uh, twenty two points to sixteen. It edged us edged us ahead of um, of the Toronto Wolfpack. Yeah, I think tactically though, Ian Watson, I think got it right. Obviously, being a man less. Uh, Toronto would have been looking to, to to make the pitch as big as you can make it, but Salford, I thought, defended well. Oh, the second half, the defence was absolutely outstanding, Rob. Uh, to keep Toronto out, and I mean, it was the last sort of last play of the game when they did eventually score with a hoot where it sounded so for that 40 minutes we kept him out and you know the way Michael Dobson managed us in that second half you know game management side yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought it was outstanding it really was he pegged them down his kicking was superb you could see how, how, how we slowed the game down he was kicking for touch they walked to the scrum we slowed it down and for a lot of the periods in that second half we was playing with no full back um, we had a full full line of, of defenders there they brought Gareth O'Brien in a few times and just, just to bulk the numbers up out wide and uh, I thought uh, Ian Watson whatever he said to the players at half time he, he really worked and um, it was great tactics from Watson and I think he got it spot on yeah I think it's so important obviously Toronto being the, the second division club they are that you know we we took them seriously uh, and we, we, we ground the result out because obviously if we lose to Toronto it's all over the back pages just like when Huddersfield uh, lost us to Swinton you know it's a big thing and obviously Toronto are a good side and Salford showed real metal I thought uh, to, to get the result yeah, they certainly did. Paul Rawls in the press conference, didn't he? It was, um, you know, cliche, but it was a game of two halves, and it was. They they were totally different in that second half to they were in the first half. But you've got to give Salford a lot of credit for that because we didn't let them play. I thought we really quietened them down. We took the sting out of them. We got those two tries, and um, you know, we tackled them into the ground, didn't we? And um, that's credit to the lads there. You know, the, the twelve men of them, they had to put a real big shift in, and the, you know, there were some massive shifts in there from from Mark Flanagan, you know, Lama Tazi, George Griffin. They all came up. 
with really, really big minutes and uh, and, and Olsen Krasnicki as well. I thought Olsen had a, a cracking game. Adam Wall as well came on um, doing the business off the bench and he took a lot of hammer, Adam Wall, um, as we, we've not really mentioned about the... I'm not going to moan about the tactics of Toronto, but, you know, there was a, there were a lot of... Um, there's a few late challenges, what there was a few eye shots and that, and, and you can't moan about it. These are things you've got to deal with when you play sides from different divisions. Team teams are going to approach games with different tactics, aren't they? And throw the kitchen sink at you. But I thought we soaked it up and, uh, and did, did the business. Yeah, I suppose it was a, it was a very rough game. Uh, a few late shots, weren't they, going in? Uh, but like I said, Toronto are playing a team that are in a different higher league than they are. They need to try to equal the, the, uh, the, the standard of the game out. And I think Salford stood up to that well. They didn't. They didn't sort of capitulate. For me, it's a game that we would have lost uh, a few years ago um, under that kind of pressure, being a man down and, and, and playing a side full of confidence. Um, but the ground the result out, Paul, and you know, as a fan, it's 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 progress. It shows how far we've come for me. Yeah, it certainly does. And, and um, I remember thinking, you know, in that first half there, and it doesn't really make make a difference how you win this game. You know, a lovely win is a win in the Challenge Cup. You, you just want to make sure you're in the hat for the next round. So it doesn't matter whether you win by 50 points or one point. You just want to... We could have been playing anybody in that game and I wouldn't have been bothered. Just just win by a drop goal, win by a try, whatever happens. Just get through, get in that hat for the next round. And, and we did that. We got through it. And uh, I thought it was quite convincing in the end. I know Moy Moy scored late on for, for uh, Toronto, but I thought we was... Uh, was a class above Toronto yeah uh, Gaz O'Brien cutting through to score uh, towards the end of the game Paul made the game safe for Salford yeah, it's clever try that, and it had to be scored that try as well. If you if you watch that back on the replay, uh, he does he does really well there. Uh, beats his man, carries on going, shows good determination to, to get over the line. It was a good try that, and it was, it was a try that sort of killed off killed off Toronto. That yeah, and then obviously they did did the game management thing uh, with a drop goal from O'Brien as well, edging us even further in front. It's good, obviously, you know, in that situation, the boys are actually thinking about you know that dropping a goal, keeping the scoreboard ticking over. Yeah, certainly. I think that drop goal just—I think I'm sure that got it to like three. They need three, um, three scores to, to to get in front. So uh, with three minutes to go, it, it did sort of put the, the nail in their coffin. But but yeah, it was good game management. You know, Dobson, Louis, and Gareth O'Brien there in that second half—they they really run the show for us. Yeah, and obviously they go over in the end uh, with Fooey Fooey my my. But game was done. Game was safe. We were through to the next round of the cup. Yeah, I was disappointed when he went over that moment because we didn't deserve that. I thought the de- defensive worked so hard in that second half, and it was just a bit of a, a bit of a blot on it really with him going over. But um, no, we'll uh, we'll have to just uh, just take that one on the chin. But it was it was a good performance, good great second half performance. And uh, you know, there's, there's teams in the Super League who who might have lost that game, or you know, teams who are not quite on the on the form as we are. And uh, you know, it was a banana skin, and we got through it. Yeah, big thanks to everyone who did the three word match reports and man of the match. We've got a few. Uh, through uh, Colin Reynolds Toronto dirty players uh, his man of the match was Dobson uh, Martin typical Rowley tactics his man of the match was Johnson um, Sherman Bob stupid kickoff time obviously kicking off that early uh, Paul you know I suppose City were playing on the same day United were playing on the same day I suppose off were trying to maximise the amount of people who would want to come and watch uh, yeah yeah I suppose so yeah um was a bit of a strange kick-off time, but it, it, to be honest with you, where I live in North Manchester in Moston, it was great because uh, the motorway, was dead, I got there quite early, so the motorway was dead clear. It was like uh, going out in the middle of the night, so, uh, but yeah, I know where, where Bob's coming from, I mean, obviously they probably have this discussion for another day, really, but a lot of the local amateur sides, you know, there a lot of the young kids play on a Sunday morning, don't they, so uh, perhaps we, we missed, a, missed a trick there with some of them coming through, but... Uh, Obviously, not our decisions that we've just got to do. What the, what the club say? Yeah. Uh, next one is Nat. Never beat beat the sorry Nat beat the thugs. Uh, and their man of the match was uh, Josh Jones. Um, Paul Foster dug in there. His man of the match was Wellen. Richard Martin, Dirty Lee Castoffs. His man of the match was Dobson. Uh, and the last one is JK SRLFC. Spoiling tactics failed and uh, there is my match with Gaz O'Brien uh, but yeah you know a few different names getting a uh, man of the match there Paul good stuff 
Yeah, definitely. I, I picked well just before they gave it out on the on the thing there, so it wasn't me who picked it, but they, they must have agreed with me anyway, whoever picked it. But uh, I think you could have given it to a number of players there. There were some, some cracky performances. Uh, I, I, I'd like to single out Adam Wall. I thought he was tremendous. You know, he, he took some real hammer in that game, as I said before. But he's a lad who's, who's come on leaps and bounds this season. I know he made a lot of progress last season, but he's... You know, the last few weeks, you know, Crop Jack on the bench and we started with Adam and, and it's not lost intensity with him. He, he's just been playing just as well as, as Coppy and the other lads, so uh, so I thought he was up there. But I'm just going to wait for Chris Wellen because I thought he scored a cracking try and uh, that offload as well. And he's all round centre play. I thought he played really well. Yeah, we, we spoke to Craig Cop Jack, Mark Flanagan, and Ollie Krinicki after the game, and it's what they had to say. Craig, very physical game today against uh, Toronto. Were you expecting that? Were you prepared for that? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, after a tough Easter period, um, the boys dug in deep there and to go down to 12 men as well, uh, show some real character. Yeah, we were just saying before to, to Watson, Ian Watson, about the defence in the second half. You know, it was a shame through, through my way went over there because it was a near perfect defending in that second half, wasn't it? And that must have took a lot out of you. Uh, that's it. I mean, we, we spoke at half time, you know, it's going to be uh, you know, a difficult game now with being 12 men, but uh, you know, credit to the boys, show some fantastic character and uh, some great resilience. Uh, uh, how did you adapt the tactics at half time? What did what I was saying to you? Did you you'd have to be played a bit um, more conservative? Yeah, or? I think that was it. It was just a bit more game management. I thought halves, you know, kicking it into touch and walking to scrums and just little things like that and squeezing up our defence and trying to try make them go around us rather than through us. Uh, which which kind of helped us, you know, and made, you know, forced a few errors. Uh, it was hot conditions as well. Um, so yeah, credit to the boys. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. How did you find it? You know, backing up off two Easter games. You know, how yeah. are you feeling in yourself? Are you feeling? Yeah, like everyone, everyone always everyone always says that third game. You know, is a crucial game after a tough Easter period. And, you know, to go there, to go down to twelve men as well. You know, it's, it's even uh, even uh, worse. So um, you know. For me personally, I thought it was really hard. We're dug in deep, and yeah, should, should go again. I think that just shows the character of this squad and this bunch of, bunch of guys that you've got now. And uh, who would you fancy in the next round? Then you know, in the next round draw. Oh, we'll take anybody. You know, a nice home draw would be nice. But uh, yeah, we'll take anyone. We're not afraid of anybody. You know, any anyone on the on the day, really. Well, congratulations today, Craig, and thanks for taking time to talk to us. Cheers, thank you. Very much. So I'm joined by Mark Flanagan. Great win that, Mark. Yeah, it was. Um, it was a bit scrappy at times. Um, you know, Toronto came out fired up and they've got a lot of, lot of good players. So we knew it wasn't going to be an easy afternoon. And, you know, just in dismissal probably uh, made it even tougher for us. But, um, you know, we showed our resilience and we showed a lot of character again today. And, you know, we came away with, with, with the win and we're, we're in the hat for the next round, which is the most important thing. Yeah, it was a tough test, obviously. Easter, the three games in back, back to back to back. You know, I mean, took a lot of petrol out of our tank, but, you know, the boys stood up to that, didn't they? Yeah, they did. It's, it's a tough time mentally and physically. And, you know, it, it could have been a potential banana skin today because Toronto, like I said, are a, a good side. So, um, you know, we, we came through the other end. We've, we took a lot of knocks out there and there's a few battered bodies and a few sore heads, but um, we got the result and that's the main thing. Yeah, thanks for talking to us and Devon the detail. Cheers, Paul. Thank you. So I'm joined by Oli Krinicki. What a great win that was. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was good to get it out, especially being 12, 12 men most of the game. Yeah, obviously, you know, tough came against Toronto, you know, in, in the cup as well. It was big pressure, but we came through. Yeah, definitely. There was there was pressure, but we, we put a lot of it on ourselves with making like dumb little dumb breeds and stuff like that. They obviously turned up and with good attitude and um, that first sort of 20 minutes, we didn't really match it that well. We, had, we were defending quite a lot, but, you know, we pulled through. That's the most important thing. We'll go again in a couple of weeks. Yeah, <coughs> obviously looking forward to the next round. You know, Salford, they want to win the cup. All the fans are up for it. Yeah. You know, this could be the team that could do it. Yeah, definitely. As long as we stay fit and um, we turn up every game with, with good attitude, good enthusiasm, there's no reason why we can't beat anyone. We've obviously had a really good start to the year as it is, so um, a good cup run and who knows where we can end up. You know, yeah. Stay positive. Witness next week. All for the build on this win and, and go again yeah witness next week they found a good bit of form beating St Allen's the other day and um, you know we're not underestimating anyone they're obviously a class team they, they're starting to put it together so as I said mate as long as we turn up with the right attitude we can beat anyone out there cheers thanks for talking to us the devil of detail thanks mate cheers mate so all three players Paul you know realised it was a tough game and we're happy uh, to get through to the next round of the cup 
Yeah, they certainly were. And like we said before, after the Easter period as well, that that game, sort of the third game after the Easter period, is always the tough one. You know, for the players, they play Good Friday, then the Monday, and they've like this, this game is normally the one where the fatigue kicks in. And I think the players will be glad now for a rest this week. You know, they've had a full full week off, and as Ian Watson was saying, it's it's important now that they recover well and, and they recover smart. And uh, I'm sure they will be. I'm sure they'll be ready for witness on Sunday. Yeah, I think my man of the match. I'm going to go for Kronicki. I think there's a lot of lot of uh, you know hidden work for me. A lot of you know drives when we're under pressure gets a good ten meters. With I think with great feet, he's able to you know do a lot of good steps through the through the defensive line for me. And he did a lot of that I thought on the on Sunday. So he'd be my man of the match. I think. Um, he also spoke to Ian Watson in coach's corner uh, after the game. And this is what he had to say. <laughs> Coach's corner. Right, Ian Watson, through to the next round, you must be pleased with that. Yeah, no, um, great just to get through it, to be fair. We knew we were going to have a tough game against Toronto, and we on the back of a tough Easter period. This was about um, mindset a little bit and getting through um, the other side of it, really, so getting the next round of the draw, and then hopefully this week we can freshen up the right way and see where it takes us um, next week against Witness. Were you surprised at the way Toronto came out in that first half? They've got a lot of pace, and they look like a Super League side, didn't they? Yeah, they've got some great players in there. They're not a League One team. No. Um, they're better than a championship team to be fair um, if they was in the championship they'd be competing with Hulk and Toulouse for dead set um, they've got a great set of players great um, backroom staff and a great setup as a club um, and it, it's, it's what everyone kind of wants to aim for with, that, um, with them younger clubs in the league ones and championship is they want to aim for something like what Toronto have got and they've set up really well but we knew today they were going to come and they were attack us and they try and get in our face a little bit and they did that and all credit to them losing Justin Kelly was a blow I mean I'm not going to discuss that with you because I mean I don't, I don't think it's fair to, to talk about that but it was a blow and you, you lads had to um, defend them in that second half and the defence was outstanding second half went into the last minute yeah ma- massive uh, massive defensive effort from the boys everyone who's out there just bought into it and did a really good dig and a great shift we spoke at half time our D wasn't quite right in the first half so we, we rejigged a few things in the second half to make sure that we got it I thought Gaz O'Brien his attention to detail from half time onwards was, was phenomenal um, Chris Wellham's D um, on the edge because we flipped him over to give us a little bit more speed on that left edge to, um, just for defensive purposes so we kind of sacrificed the attack a little bit to make sure that we were strong defensively um, and like I say they, they've all done the job Matt Flanagan out on the, in the left back row defending as a three in to be fair um, Flash will tell you he's played a grand final three in for saying so he's used to it but um He's done a great job just to go in there and fill in, and there's a lot more guys who've dug in deep for us. The game management, I know we speak about that a lot, don't we? Game management, yeah. that was superb second half. Michael Dobson, yeah. he was playing fullback, I think, cleaning up at one point. He was all over <laughs> the place, wasn't he? Yeah, no, he cleaned um, the kick on the breakthrough, and him and Lama and Rob Lewis kind of chased back, and that just shows a great attitude of an individual and a, a club ethic, really, to be fair. And I said, and then on the back of that, we completed the set, and then Dobble just drove him into the touchline, and Rob Lewis did the same as well down our right, um, just giving us some set stats so we could eat the clock up a little bit and then get back into the, the field of play really with some fresh water. Obviously like fatigue's going to play a point in this game because it's like the, the, always the game after the Easter game is always the tough game and to come through the other side Toronto have not had that they think they played good Friday didn't they yeah, he was backing up against that in the second half you must be proud of the lads yeah. the way they played Oh mate listen we, we can't ask any more for the players in terms of professional professionalism and attitude at the moment they're, they're really buying into everything that we're speaking about as well um, and, and to be fair it's it's led, it's led really well by people like Michael Dobson, Matt Flanagan, um, Lama Taz is doing outstanding at the moment, Lee Mossop, um, Craig Kopchak as well. Like I say, the team are buying into it and, and the leaders are on the field really well. And the more they buy into it, the more success, success we'll get. With my supporters out, I want to draw leads away in the next round and go and win there. But oh, as a coach, yeah. you'll want a home tie. I presume a home yeah, tie, oh, home will be super for you. I mean, I know Swinton's won today. Yeah, well, I believe so. It's a great result for them as well, to be fair. I didn't pick that one before the start of the, obviously the games, but a great result for them I'd love to have a Salford Swinton derby it's been a long time since we've kind of had a, a, a proper proper derby like that so it'd be great for us to have it here definitely any news on Wallaraki I mean we thought he might be back today but is he near close he, he's, he's very very close now he's kind of touching it so yeah. he keeps telling us every week yeah, no, yeah, yeah. so we're, we're hoping listen that we can get him up and running um, soon like I say the one thing with Wallaraki he's had quite a few injuries over the past few years and 
we don't want to end up forcing him um, if he's not 100% there but he's, he's more or less close he's, he's good to go he looks good mate and he's moving around the field now so it won't, it won't be too long before we get him in so ho hopefully maybe this week might be his week well congratulations today great that we're in the next round and hopefully we'll get a kind draw on Tuesday night yeah cheers Paul nice one so Ian Watson there Paul you know talked about the Challenge Cup and uh, you know he's happy with that performance yeah quite right as well you know it's a uh it's a good result, it's a good win. He's got us in the last 16 and what, we're three games away from, from Wembley now, so uh, it's exciting and like we were saying before, we've got a good draw, a good home draw in a couple of weeks. I think that's the, it's the second week in May, I think it's the, the game we've got with us this week, Wigan the week after, I think it's that week, I think it's the week before the Magic weekend, isn't it? so it's not long off now and uh, so if we could hit that, that game with a bit of uh, good form from these next two fixtures, well, a lot of standards in good stead. Yeah, Salford victorious against Toronto, 29 points to 22 Paul. and now what we'll do we'll look what our amateur size did this week in your amateur report well this week's amateur roundup we'll start off with the England youth team they beat France under 16s by 38 points to 6 having beaten France 28 points to 18 on Good Friday they followed up with a second test victory that was on Tuesday at Castleford's Menderhose Jungle so fantastic result there for the England youth you know two really good victories and uh, congratulations to them with that we're moving on now to the National Conference Leagues. There were some mixed results, really. We'll start in the Premier Division. Rochdale Mayfield went down by 24 points to 44 at home to Thattle Heath Crusaders, trailing 24 points to 6 at the break. Um, you know, a bit of a fight back in the second half from Rochdale Mayfield, but Thattle Heath Crusaders are storming it this season in the Premier Division. They've won 7 from 7 and are currently top of the table, four points clear of Sidor and Wathbrow. That result for Rochdale Mayfield sees them drop down to 7th in the table with 3 wins and 3 defeats. Moving on to Division 2. It was another bad result for, uh, for Salford City Roosters. They went down 58 points to 18 at Alton Raiders. So Salford stayed bottom 70 feet in opening seven games. So it's a really tough season at the moment for uh, the City Roosters. They did get tries though from uh, Joe Connor, got a brace. Uh, Tom Pratt also scored and there was three conversions from Mike Carney. So I'm sure um, Salford City Roosters will get things right soon and we wish them all the best of luck in that. Saddleworth Rangers had a good result. They beat Millen by 30 points to nil at home. And in Division 3, Eastmore Dragons 42. Waterhead Warriors 20 and Oldham St Anne's went down at home to Stanley by 24 points to 12 there's just two fixtures this week the Saturday the 29th of April it's the conference trophy preliminary round I always struggle to say that and it's Alton Raiders against Rochdale Mayfield and there's one fixture in Division 3 and that's Barrow Island against Oldham St Anne's Right, the North West Men's League, there was mixed results in, the, in there as well for us. We had uh, Berry Broncos against Banky Bulls. Um, the Banky were unable to raise a team, so that game was uh, obviously didn't take place. That was in Division 2. Also in Division 2, Wigan St. Jude's A20, Manchester Rangers 32. Great result there for Manchester Rangers. In Division 3, Eccleston Lions 30, Oldham St. Anne's A38. And another... A great result here for our local size. Rochdale Cobras, they beat Fitton Hill Bulldogs in another high scoring game by 34 points to 30. In Division 4, Ryland Sharks A12, West Horton Lions 46. Brilliant result there for West Horton Lions. Caddy Z Rhinos 18, Langworthy Reds 32, Little Hulton Reds 25, Manchester Rangers A34. So two good wins for the Rangers over the weekend. In Division 5, Blackbrook A26, Saddleworth Rangers A30, Blackpool Stanley 18, Berry Broncos A24. So some real high scoring games and some really entertaining games and some great results for our local sides uh, this coming week there's just one fixture involving uh, local teams at the moment with it being the bank holiday I think some teams are having a break and what have you so there's just a one game it's in Division 5 and that's between Bolton Mets and Leyland Warriors A I've also got a few results to bring you finally in the North West Youth League. We'll start with the under 18s in the North West Cup. It was Langworth Nil, Leyland 18, Saddleworth 6, Woolston 38. In the under 17s Premier Division, Salford went down at Hindley by 44 points to 17. In the under 16s North West Cup, Wigan St. Jude's 12, Saddleworth 6. In the plate, it was Caddy's Ed 24, Rochdale 30. In the under 13s, Lancashire and North West Cup, Newton Storm 10, Waterhead Warriors 16, Wigan St. Jude's 60, Rochdale Mayfield 4, Lee Minor Rangers 36, Oldham St. Anne's 18. And there was just 
the one result in the under 13s development cup and shield and that was Wigan St Cuthbert's 18 South Trafford Raiders nil. and the fixtures for this weekend all the games involving our local sides will be played on Sunday the 30th of April and the under 18s <coughs> excuse me Premier Division is Oldham versus Lee Miners in Division 1 it is Lee East versus Waterhead and Leyland versus Saddleworth in the under 17s Premier Division Accrington play Salford City Hindley play Folly Lane and in the under 16s Division 1 it is Saddleworth versus Instros Bridge Waterhead versus Hindley Wigan St Cuthbert's versus Caddy Zed and Oldham St Anne's versus Lee East and finally there's one match in the under 16s Division 2 and that is Rochdale against Charlie that's all I've got for you this week I'll catch you next week Cheers for that part and now what we'll do we'll look forward to the game against Widness on Sunday So, Sulphur Red Devils take on Witness Vikings at the AJ Bell Stadium on Sunday. Paul, it's going to be a big game. Yeah, it certainly is. Yeah, you know, backing up after Easter and especially the, the Toronto game, we, you know, we've been disappointed but we were in a Catalan performance. But, you know, Easter's always a tough time, isn't it? And we've had a really tough game against Toronto. And I think Ian Watson was alluding to, like, the rest this week, wasn't he? And that was the important thing was how we, uh, how we prepared for that game and got ourselves ready and for this one so I think it's a really, going to be a really tough test Witness have improved I think since we, we lamped them at their place didn't we I think they've improved since and they've got some of their injured players back they've got the half-backs back fit again they beat Saints last Friday I think it was so I think it's going to be a tough test on, on Sunday as Witness yeah obviously like uh, Paul said Si you know Witness are coming back into form they beat St Helens last week um, it's going to be a tough tough game I reckon yeah, yeah, of course. I think what it is as well, they've got a number of young lads who've, who've come in this year and they've took a few games to start gelling and, and now they are gelling. They seem to be playing a, a bit better for each other, if, if you know what I mean. And more as a, more as a, like a unit. Um, I do I do agree with what Paul said. Uh, I said it off air earlier on. I do think it's going to be a lot tougher game and I think it's going to be really, really close. I know a lot of people are really expecting to score there and blow them out of the water, but I just, I don't see this um, to be like that on Sunday. I really, really expect it to be... Uh, a close game but to be honest even if we're beaten by one point I'd be uh, just to just to get us back on the arse I just do think this this week having that full week's rest could be a bit of a blessing in disguise for our lads who have been a bit tired for the past few weeks yeah I think obviously with the Justin Carney thing going on Paul it's important other players are, can remain focused and you know committed and, and you know want to you know secure another two points for our uh, quest for the top eight finish yeah, definitely, definitely, and you know, we don't want to look too far ahead, do we? The week after with this week, we've got a big game against Wigan, and if you look at their squad, they might be missing a few players, so that could be an ideal opportunity to go there and get a result there as well, but, you know, one game at a time, isn't it? and yeah, with this, I was impressed with them on um, on last Friday against St. I thought they played well, the halfbacks, you know, Mello and uh, the, the young lad Tom Gilmore played really well, so... Uh, They've got a bit of pace in that back line as well, witness. And uh, you know, I know, like I said before, we lamped them at their place, didn't we? But uh, I think you know, be a bit more wary of them now because they, they weren't bad over Easter as well. They pushed Warrington all the way, so uh, it's a vital game for us. This one, really vital game. Yeah, looking at the witness uh, team side, who, who stands out as being the danger man for you? Uh, well, I think like you just said there, the halfbacks really have come into their own over the past few weeks. Um, they're starting to, you know, passes and moves are starting to stick and, you know, they seem to be making decent yards and, and whatnot. I do like the two young forwards as well. Um, I forget the names. The, the brothers, um, Chapel, I think it's Chapel, that's it, yeah. Um, they, they seem to do quite a bit of work for young lads and, and, and bearing in mind they are the only young lads are playing in, in prop, you know, it's, it's an hard position really to, to do, uh, to play. But the, the one Oh, seems to stand out for me, and I don't know why. Because you know, even if you look at you know, what the witness fans say, they don't rate him. Patrick Arvine seems to score a lot of tries, and if you're close to the line and you give him a chance, he's got the, the size and the, the know-how to get over that line. So I just think we need to be a bit cute with where we do allowance of the ball and you know our defensive setup. And hopefully, if we get that right, and then we we play our rugby, you know. 
you know, I said to you off, offline earlier on, lads, that you know, a few things over the past few weeks have not been sticking for us. A few passes have gone astray. Uh, a few of the moves don't seem to be coming off. If we can just get our basic rugby back to, you know, get it back to normal, get back to basics, as they say, uh, and, and defend well, I think we should be okay. But I do see it being really close. Yeah, I suppose Witness have got a few good players, haven't they, Paul? Reese Henry at fullback, always a danger man. Uh, Chris Bridge as well. You know, he's been around the block. He knows his way uh, around the field. You know, it's a game for me that if we want to finish in the top eight, we have to beat Witness at home, and that's the, the up and down of it for me. Yeah, certainly. You know, Corey Thompson as well, the winger, he, he's got a bit of pace. He's not a bad player. And there's a young lad who came on uh, on Friday called Danny Walker, I think his name was, a hooker, and he really did. He reminded me a bit of Chris Bryan, you know, that sort of player, really quick at the play of the ball. I, don't, I think he's only about 17, 18, so he's one to watch as well. And uh, yeah, like we said, they're a the half back. Patrick Arvan, another one, he always seems to come up with, with a try as well. So uh, they're a bit of a pacey side with this, and uh, they have improved big time since we, we played them last. Yep, give us your score prediction for the game, Si. Oh, put me on the spot. Um, I'd say I'd go for us 24 16. Um, I'll go 24 16. So, what about you, Paul? Written it down? I'm old, my down, yeah. I tell you <laughs> what, Si, you're pretty close. I put 24 14. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, we were great minds there, mate. Twenty-four, fourteen. I've got me, I've got me, uh, me, 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 um, bingo car, bingo ball out. Here we go. Here we go. Gonna work this week, hopefully, Paul. So I'm gonna go Salford twenty-two. Is it, is it twenty-two though, Rob? Are you kidding me? It's, it's twenty-two. <laughs> <laughs> Salford twenty-two. Witness ten. So there you go. The ball was broken, boys. Salford will win twenty-two points to ten. Do you, only, do you only put certain balls in it though, Rob? Uh, I'll put them all in. Oh, the 80 on it? Oh, yeah. 70 on it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll put them all in. Just look at it. You know what's going to be next, though? Yeah, he's going to uh, be going to a local shop, getting an octopus, and you're going to start putting the two balls in and say which one he goes to. That'll be next step away, Rob. That's, that. that's our next Facebook Live, sorry, that. That's our next Facebook Live. <laughs> Well, there we go. It's hopefully, like I say, it's be a big game. Hopefully, you know, there'll be a big crowd down at the AJ Bell uh, this week. So, obviously, you know, a couple of days to go. Uh, hopefully, the club are going to be out there in the community again on Facebook, on Twitter, marketing the game. Because that's, that's the important thing, isn't it? You know, you've got to get people in to watch it. Yeah, of course. I, th- I mean, I know the, the marketing has been a lot, a lot better this year. Um, a few different things they've been doing. I know Ian Blaze has been working hard with it as well. So, and there has been a bit, you know, there has been a big difference this year. Uh, and all the crowds that have been coming in, you know, there does seem to be more people coming in there. So hopefully, if they carry on, uh, we get another de- decent performance again on Sunday, and you know, put our pressure on them, them top uh, four clubs. And you know, you never know what will happen in the next few weeks. Yeah, it's going to be great. Hopefully, Paul. You will, we'll be seeing uh, posters out hopefully in the uh, the local area and that's what we want we want the people of Salford to wake up to the team which we've got yeah it's a team to be proud of this season as well I mean the home games this season we've been, we've been pretty good at home haven't we this season we've lost the once against Wigan so uh, and, and, and last season as well we was pretty um, pretty consistent in our home home form so uh, so yeah it's a it's hard to, to get down there and watch I mean how many good games have we had at the AJ Bell this season it's not been uh, They've been, they've been cracking games, haven't they? A lot of them, you know, the, the Cass game and the, the St. Helens game. And the Toronto game on, on, on Sunday was really entertaining as well, wasn't it? So, uh, um, yeah, get down there and watch it. It's, it's cracking up. Cool. So that's the end of this week's Devil in the Detail podcast, Si. Another good show. Yeah, I've enjoyed it, mate. And uh, big thank you for inviting me back on again. So uh, anytime you need me, mate, just give me a shout. Yeah, you're always welcome to come on the show, Si. Always putting good points across. Talking all things over the Devils. Enjoy this week, Paul. Another great show. Talking all things Salford. Yeah, enjoyed it, mate. Looking forward to Sunday. And let's just hope we can get that win. It'd be great to, to beat Witness and what, what an atmosphere we'd have the week after that we can take a massive following there. Who knows? On the top of the league. Yeah. So you can obviously find us on Facebook, Devil and Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and WhitelineFeverRadio.com. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.